yo what's good it's the real talk real Walk family and we are back again with yet another episode come on another episode full of character and energy mm. yeah yeah another episode full of can i chime in okay <laughs> another episode full of sauce and flavor okay Another episode to discuss a lovely dilemma. Mm-hmm. Another episode full of semantics and nuance. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you're listening, we salute you. Back with myself, Gabs. Myself, Mr. Game Changer. And it's your girl, Ore. Excellent. So today we're just going to go through uh, a dilemma that was sent in. Um, for one of our lovely listeners, do forgive me because this was sent in all the way back in like July. Um, but yeah, we'll be able to dissect it today. Uh, I think today's episode is 49, uh, which means we're one away from 50. Gang, gang. touching a milestone and all of that good stuff. Mm. Um, shout out to everyone that's been rocking with us all till now. We love you loads. Um, this is the last episode of the year as well, last episode of 2020. Um, so yeah, a lot is a lot is happening right now. Um, right, let's go straight into this dilemma. And I read, "Hey guys, I really love the podcast and have been listening since day one." Oh, shout out you and all of that for rocking with us since day one. You're a real one. Mm-hmm. Um, a few friends and I have been going back and forth on this topic, and would love to know what you guys on the podcast think about it. As Christians, we know that to be married, you should sign a marriage certificate and it should be officiated slash ordained by your pastor slash spiritual leaders to join the two of you before God and one another. Assuming that these two events have been met, should that Christian couple have sex slash live together despite their white wedding slash celebration being in three months time? Ultimately, is that couple obliged to to wait till the white wedding despite being officially married according to the law and before God? <laughs> I'll get this ball rolling because I think for me it's pretty simple and straightforward. I think one doesn't have to wait for, for the white wedding um, because obviously the white wedding is primarily just a celebration of what, you know, God has joined together. I think once you are... Um, married by by law, and obviously you've got your church blessing, then you can go ahead and do the deed. I think the white wedding is simply just a celebration. From my understanding, I do tend to believe that people probably wait till uh, the celebration before they 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 do the deed, um, because there's always this desire, which we can touch upon later. But there's always this desire that people have towards their wedding night or wedding night sex. It's always, yeah, I can't, marry, can't wait to get wet, to get married and have my wedding night sex and the Holy Spirit is going to X, Y, Z. You know, Christians could be so neaky sometimes. Um, but I think for me, I think once you, you've, you're you married by law and you've obviously done the church blessing, I think one, one is free to obviously have sex from then onwards, to be honest, because ultimately the important thing for me personally is is being married by law and and receiving a church blessing? I don't think you um, need the church blessing. You know that's controversial, but I said it. Do you know? I was think, I was thinking the church blessing. I was thinking that because obviously it's it's not really by law. Um, but yeah, go on, what's your views on it? No, I I agree with you in that. Um, once you, but I would I would just go one step further and say to be honest, once you've done the law of the land and you've signed the marriage certificate, 
I don't think it matters whether you've had your church blessing or not. If you want to live together and have sex after you've done your legal, you've done the legalities, I don't have, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. At the end of the day, the Bible tells us to respect the laws of the land. So therefore, quite clearly, if you have a legal wedding, whatever is legal in the country that you live in as well, like it doesn't even need to be a religious ceremony. If you go to the courthouse and you're in jeans and t-shirt and that's what you did, I think it's fine. Mm. Amen. What are you um, thinking? Yeah, I, I don't personally. I'll, why I would disagree is, um, as believers, I think that it's important that um, I agree in the sense that um, follow the laws of the land, one hundred percent. But as believers, the ministry of marriage should be looked at differently and so there needs to be that um there, there needs from a church perspective or the spiritual body of christ perspective you need to have that um that affirmation by whoever your spiritual leader is that um that this is done not just in the name of the land but it's done in god's name um and that as oversight or whoever is going to be officiating that this is affirmed uh, we can affirm this from an, a spiritual leadership perspective. Um, the, the the thing is this, that obviously because of cultures, there's different types of weddings. So you can have a traditional wedding or you can have the white wedding. But, you know, for those who are woke, we don't say white wedding. We will say black wedding in this instance. <laughs> or so, Western <laughs> wedding. Even. Yeah. So because yeah. in, in that context, more time, especially in this part of the world, you know, the wedding is um, is where the pastor preaches and blesses you and you say your vows in front of everybody, you say in front of the witnesses and stuff like that. So there's a difference between doing that and going to the registry and saying, oh, in the name of the land, um, and they're, they're quoting um, some civil liberties. They changed it over the years to be more accepting of other um, sexual lifestyles or life choices. So really and truly, even though it's legal in, in, in the point of the land, I think from a spiritual perspective, it's important that there's that affirmation from a spiritual leader's perspective. Do you believe that the, uh, the married couple is obliged to wait until the white wedding? Sorry, say that again. Do you so, believe that, that the couple is yeah. obliged to wait until the white wedding before having sex or living together? Um, I, there's no hard and fast rule with this. My personal view on this is that I think that it would be better to wait as, um, it'll be better to wait and get, um, affirmation from a spiritual perspective, um, and then have sex. Um, as opposed you see, to... this is why what you're saying is this is why this is where it gets technical. You have to say that now because you have to follow your argument through. You said if you're a Christian, that you shouldn't just do the West. You shouldn't just do the legal wedding. You should also have a spiritual blessing. Therefore, yeah, you're basically saying that in the eyes of God, that wedding is probably not legit until it's been spiritually blessed. So you have to follow it through and you have to say that no, no, I'm 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 keeping the same energy. Yeah, I... that's what I'm saying. You have to. Oh, oh yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I. I personally disagree. Like, I don't... Because I think at the end of the day, when it comes to to marriage, I think it's what's in your heart that 
ultimately counts. Now, to me, it was very important for me to have it done before God and man. That's what I personally believe. And so that's why I wanted to have my legal and, um, what's it called, my legal and spiritual wedding at, on the same day, at the same time, etc., etc. But in this day and age, because of different legalities with venues and stuff like that, some people, and even now it's a pandemic, there's probably a lot of people who haven't done the spiritual side of their wedding. They just went to the courthouse so that they could, they could, you know, live together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I personally think that if in your heart you went there for the right reasons, you know you're getting married because you believe it's God's will for your life, et cetera, et cetera, to get married to that person, I think once you've obeyed the laws of the land and in your heart you trust God and you did the whole thing, at the end of the day, God, God is still going to be present in the courthouse. 100%. I, I don't disagree that God's not going to be present in, um, you know, the courthouse. I think it's the, the principle behind it as as new covenant believers. So there's a cultural aspect to it as well, because, for example, um, you know, back home in Nigeria, for example, like white wedding is a thing, but at the same time, it's not a thing. So a lot of, of parents only had a traditional wedding. Yeah. So based on that context in that culture, I can understand why they would do what they did because... But that's why I said legalities because but there's even, a lot of people that, that will just do that. trad and then <laughs> they're not... They're, there's a lot of people that do that. They will just do a trad. It's yeah. not even... There's not even been any legal anything. They just start... Yeah. Even, I think that's a very different thing. Yeah. yeah some trad, you're not married. That's definitely wrong. Those that are doing traditional wedding... But haven't done a church blessing. I definitely think, yeah, that one there is wrong. That, and and that's what I'm talking about. So it's based. It, it's definitely there's a cultural aspect to it. But for me, I think that my my where I stand is that yes, obey the laws of the land. We're absolutely meant to do that. But obeying the laws of the land doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's scriptural. So. You can you can obey the law of the land, get legally married, fine, fantastic. Or there's laws in the country that are are there for us to follow, but that does not mean that all the laws that are there in the, in all the laws of the land are in the scripture one or scriptural two. So for me, as as from a a cultural perspective or a Christian, a New Testament Christian perspective, what we see is that, or what we see through history is that when people got married, that those, it wasn't necessarily, oh, uh, me and you are locked in the house and we just pray and we say, thank God for this union. We bless God. We are married in Jesus' name. And then you have sex. It was, there was always an overseer. So whether it was an elder, whether it was a bishop, whether it was an apostle or a pastor or a shepherd of a local fellowship, there was always that affirmation from a spiritual perspective that, yes, what you're doing in your hearts is fine because it's kind of like, Right. Like, let's look at salvation. You say, "Oh, salvation." We say salvation is a is a personal thing. Absolutely. But then the Bible instructs us that we shouldn't run away or we shouldn't shy away from fellowship. So it's kind of the principle still remains that yes, though in your heart you guys have said that you know we're going to make the lifelong long choice. Where we want to get married to one another, and and you guys you know affirm that then at someone who you have submitted to from a leadership perspective can bless that. And to speak to the lockdown piece, you know, loads of people this year have, have got that. They, thankfully, you're allowed to get your pastor to, to come down as a witness or to do some kind of churchy element to or just give a blessing. With that, that just shows that the celebration is not actually required. 
in terms of a couple being able to obviously um, have sex and live together. Yeah, absolutely. In my in my in my view, but obviously we're classifying the white wedding. When people say white wedding, open quote, close quote, that's the what is traditionally the morning service, the church service, right? Basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. Okay, okay. So that's. So, are you saying that church service doesn't need to happen for you? I mean, for me personally, it does because that's just a personal preference. But in my view, and maybe I would, I would even say maybe even possibly scripturally, but don't quote me on that. I don't necessarily think that that's necessary. I think you just need to do whatever is required in the law of the land. When when you say scripturally, what what bit are you referring to? <laughs> That's why I said, don't quote me. I just, because ultimately, I, you see, that's what I understand where Iman's come from. Because at the end of the day, marriage as a Christian is a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. but it's also a legal thing. 100%. And obviously, assuming that all, everybody's intentions spiritually are met, I don't necessarily think that you, you need to have a blessing, so to speak to be married as long as it's legally done and you did it for the right reasons god was present which he would have been regardless what do you say what do you think is the need for the church blessing the reason i personally chose to do it is because it was important to me at the end of the day as the way i see it is before god and before man and therefore from the god side of things for it to be before God, I wanted to do it kind of I even wanted to I even wanted to go a step further and actually get married in a church with pastors, etc. etc. But whether or not I think it's necessary, not legally, I would just I would just do the legalities. It's not I don't necessarily think that's necessary. That was just a preference for me. Well but as 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 Christians, so not for you personally, but generally what do you think the situation should be for Christians? I think it's good to have, and people probably should do that. But I don't like. I don't think people would be penalised for not doing it because it's not always possible. And that's why I'm saying it's. That's why I don't really want to say it's a hard and fast rule because, like Iman said, there was some of our parents didn't do, didn't go and do wedding in church. They kind of just did the traditional thing because that was what back then that was what was that's what constituted a wedding. It constituted a wedding according to who? Culture or Christianity? Both. Both. Well, well, with that... Christianity, are we saying Christianity has changed? Well, even... I don't want to... Because I haven't... I'm proud to believe that it's culture that has made our parents just do traditional and that's it. Well, I'll I'll give an example. My parents did traditional, but they also did a white wedding. However, there are many... Like I can, I only speak for Nigerians anyway because I'm a Nigerian, or some Nigerians because I'm a Nigerian. But some only did a traditional, yeah, and that, and that was it. So I think that culture bit there is where one can throw the spanner in the works, which is why I was saying for us in for us as New Testament believers, if we take away our culture, the practice that was um, for New Testament believers is that okay, though many of them were like Jewish Christians or Gentile Christians, and they might have had their own uh, ethnic cultural or ethno-cultural practices, like maybe parties and X, Y, Z. The main thing was that whoever was their spiritual leader would pray for them and bless them. So it wasn't something that was, 
It wasn't something that was, oh, it's just between me and you. No, it was a thing where there were witnesses and one of those witnesses would be your spiritual leader to affirm that, yes, though that there is a legality to it and you'll have to do your papers before the government of that time or whatever, but there's a spiritual affirmation that as a leader, I'm saying that um, this is affirmed. Um, God is confirming what you guys have, have felt on the inside and that's why I'm here to do it. And that's why the reason the reason why I'm absolutely for this is because if you guys go, okay, yeah, we want to get married and you go to your pastor and say, oh, yeah, we're married now. And like, how does that, like, you can't, like, that doesn't mean the pastor is going to know about everyone's, everyone's marriage, but then it's kind of like, okay, cool. So you got legally married and now you're coming to tell us that you got married. How do, how do we go from here? Like, how do we, how do we work things out? Yeah, but I'm not saying do it in secret. Obviously, no, if you the... made you made a point of um you made a point of if like if um you do it legally and then you like you kind of know in your heart that you've done it the right way, then it's all good. Yeah, and but I, I mean, I do hear that, but I just feel like the the those should be more um <laughs> there should be more nuanced examples or anomalies and not and not. I think that they should be a standard and I think there should be a norm. Um, I don't think that what you've said is a is a deal breaker, i.e. if you do it, you'll go to hell sort of thing. But I do think that there should be a standard and a norm. And I think one of the main reasons, because when we say for a lot of people, when they say um, this whole thing of, oh, um, we got our legal uh, marriage and then, you know, we didn't wait till, you know, having our pastor's blessing or whatever, our leader's blessing, and then we just had sex. And for people that I've seen do that, it's because they were roasting. Now, I like, okay, you're married in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, fine. But it's kind of like, we did it so we don't burn anymore. And then again, it's like, okay, cool. Like Paul uses the instance that, look, if you're burning, get married and then do so. But then it's kind of like, okay, wait. So like from a, from you're part of a fellowship, right? You're part of a fellowship as believers. You go and get legally married. You haven't told anybody. You get legally married. You turn up at church and say, okay, guys, hey, we're married now. And yeah, we've been living together. We've been sleeping together, whatever. It just, like, the standard for those who are watching, especially those who are not married yet, it just doesn't paint a right picture as a standard. I agree. Now, I, but I feel like that's yeah. if you do it in secret. I think that you're, I think you're taking what I'm saying to mean just go and do what you want and do it in secret and that's i think that's a very different thing if you're doing it in secret then that's a bit more problematic but i'm saying if everybody all the relevant parties are aware if you've told your pastor this is what we want to do and your pastor knows that's what you want to do and they're happy for you guys to get married you've had your accountability throughout your relationship and there's no pastors present on the day and you just want to go and do the legal thing because you just really want to get married and you believe that's god's will those are that's kind of what i'm referring to i'm not saying ah you've met this guy off the street You've been together a year. You just want to go and get married. So you're going to go to the courthouse so you can have sex. Like, that's that's very different. I would just, my only thing to that is I would find it very hard for your pastor or your, your leader to know what you're doing and not want to offer a blessing. So even if they're, but, even if they're not, there physically. Not that this is why you're saying it, E-man, but are we, are, you, are we almost doing it for the sake of the pastor's approval then? It's not about the pastor. It's not about the pastor's approval. Your pastor is affirming that this is this is a God thing. That's why we do it. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to. Otherwise, you wouldn't need. If if there's no sort of, um, if there's no sort of 
affirmative like um leadership structure there like for example you get you if you want to get married in a church in this country there's a process to do it you actually can't just go to a church and say we want to get married in here you have to most um anglican churches you have to go through like uh, a course or some marriage counseling thing piece before they can marry you in there so they like from a spiritual perspective from a christian perspective the way you ought to the, the way marriage ought to be affirmed is not just by a signing off paper it's there there should be some sort of spiritual authority to to pray and cover this marriage or because marriage is a ministry marriage is something for from the christian's perspective marriage is a ministry marriage is god given so there should be some sort of god given uh, affirmation a physical god-given affirmation so it's but not that, that you're doing it for your pastor's happiness on the day uh, itself because you can you, your pastors can pray for you before they they can agree to you going yeah, to the yeah. house and getting married and then they've done that you don't, need, you don't need anything else 100 percent. that's why i was saying i find it hard for if you were to tell your pastor oh i'm getting married and your pastor wouldn't be like even okay let's use this context covid i would find it hard that your pastor would be like Okay, even though I can't be there, you know, go and do your thing. I, I would, I would, I, I believe, especially from a lot of pastors that I know personally, that they would be like, okay, let me pray for you, either before or after the um your legal ceremony. Let me pray for you. But like I've said, um, in this country anyway, I know a lot of pastors that have been allowed after the ceremony or before the ceremony to pray for them not go in because you're only allowed two witnesses on either side. I, I can't remember how many, I don't know if it, it, it dropped because of COVID, but you're any, the point is that you're allowed to have witnesses there. So the pastors that I know have prayed for them either before or after and sent them on the way. Now you do your, uh, um, your legal thing. And, and it's cool. Like I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with that. I think my only difference is, or my only question would be if you told your pastors and they were kind of like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, do your legal thing. And they didn't, they didn't pray for you or didn't give a blessing in that sense. So to go back to Gabs's point, it's not you're doing it for your pastor. No, absolutely not. But from a Christian's perspective, there there should be, for example, like um, there's a scripture that says, the scripture in Romans that says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, <coughs> you'll be saved. There's a public affirmation and declaration before witnesses that you are a believer. So even though you may have got, you may have had an encounter with Jesus Christ in your bedroom, there's still a public declaration, i.e. like baptism. It's even if it's just one person baptizing you, at least that person is an external witness to see that, okay, this is a God thing. This is God affirmed. This is God breathed. So not that, oh, I'm getting married and my pastor must do it because my pastor must have the blessing. No. Um, if anything, some people have found themselves in that situation and even going to another church to to go and let one priest or one, one other pastor go and pray for them and call it a day. But it's more about um, God's representative um, as a shepherd over you, um, affirming what God is going to do through you. And also, you know, that's why you have witnesses. You have witnesses in a legal in a legal context. So if in a spiritual context, why would you why would that not be the case? Um, yeah, I think it's equally as important, to be fair. For me personally, I think it's definitely equally as important. Obviously, COVID has definitely changed how we do weddings nowadays. But I think if you if you can do the church blessing, then definitely try and do that. I don't think everybody needs to be within the church. I don't think you need yeah. 
a full-on packed church. I think the important you don't thing... Need a, you don't even need a building. Like your pastor yeah, or your yeah, leader can just pray for you over the phone or over Zoom. Or well, over exactly. Facebook. But that's why I'm saying. You can do that before. And then yeah, but, day you just do your legals and that's it. You're married. Yeah, but I, I wasn't arguing that it needs to be in a church. What I'm saying is that... All I'm saying is that... Yes. Not to be present. I'm, I'm not saying it needs to be present. I'm saying there must be an affirmation. Oh, okay. In that case, then yeah. I do agree. Like, I do think yeah. that... I mean, you shouldn't do it in secret. Like, you should kind of inform your spiritual leaders and stuff. I'm just saying, if everybody knows and you've done all of that, you don't even need any extra, like, blessing ceremony. If you just go to the court, then that's fine. Or you go to the civil... The town hall, whatever it is, that's fine. If yeah. the pastor's going to do it in a town hall, yeah. I'm saying I, I if they've saying. prayed for you beforehand, if they pray for you after, and they're not present on the actual day, and you just have your witnesses of the legal witnesses that you need, the minimum, I would still think that's okay. So do, do, you you see the church, do you see the church blessing as just prayer? No, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think the church, for me, how I would view a church um, ceremony and blessing, and what I did, that for me, was more like a, a public affirmation before God and man of the love that we had for each other and the commitment that we were making in front mm. of our family and friends who know us, who would support us, etc., etc. That's what I saw. But I'm saying there's nothing, nothing would have stopped me going to the town hall and just doing it, the two of us, with witnesses, maybe one of our parents, finished, but the pastor would have known beforehand or after and prayed for us. So, but you chose not to do it that way because you prefer to do the the church. Yeah, ceremony. but I don't think it. I don't think it's wrong if someone chooses to just go to the town hall and do it. As long as everybody's informed, if your pastor's prayed for you, whether it's before or after, well, if it's after mm. and you didn't tell him and he doesn't approve, that's another story. But um, <laughs> but yeah, nothing. I don't think as long as it's legal. So do you then believe that you don't necessarily? We don't need to do the whole vows and do the whole. All of the stuff that we see. No, I think work. that there would still be vows because even in the legal ceremony, you would still do vows. The vows you say would might be slightly different, but you would still make a promise because it's a commitment. So you have to you have to commit something. Um, <laughs> when you say vows in a when you say vows in a legal ceremony, uh, what do you mean? As in. Because because marriage is a commitment, it's it's a legal, it's a, it's a it's almost like a binding contract. So when you give your vows, well, it is a binding contract. It's legal. When you're saying your vows in a civil, I don't know because I didn't have a civil ceremony, but from the ones I've attended and seen, when you say your vows in a civil ceremony, that's it's, that's essentially your the clause of the contract that you're agreeing to. So whether it's you know to have and to hold or whatever it is that they say, that's what you're agreeing to. Oh, okay, okay. Do you know the only reason why I ask because me same I've I didn't do no civil ceremony either. My my pastor's a registrar, so we we were able to do everything, sign a marriage certificate and did all of that in church. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Absolutely. so for us we had because I wanted it to be because I wanted it to be one ceremony, church and legal, we end up that's why we went when Iman was saying some churches we went and we went and got married in an Anglican church, so we had to do their process. Um, in order to make it legal because our pastor, and also just because the venue was just too far away, our pastor didn't have the legality, the, the, the legality stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we had oh, to do all of that stuff. So mine was different because I did a civil ceremony um, and then, you know, did the white wedding and where we did our like Christian vows. So it wasn't a repetition of what we had to say for the legal stuff. It was, it was more scriptural stuff um, that we said 
gospel are scriptural commitments to one another um and and that's what it was about so you know for in my eyes just reading the legal one it it doesn't make it's not uh, in the eyes of the law it might have been something but for me it didn't like it was just you know it was just trivial waffle in my opinion <laughs> like you could just make it up like it, it just didn't it didn't really mean anything it, it's kind of like yeah i'm a dragon you're a human being we're getting married we commit to each other like it just it's just airy fairy stuff but then you can just add personal ones afterwards yeah true yeah you can be saying you know as as a woman of god this is what i vow etc etc yeah but not not with not with that red not with those registrars someone that i don't even know if they they've heard of jesus christ (laughs) but you're not making the vow to the registrar you're making the vow to your significant other yeah but why i don't you you, but they're overseeing what you're doing so why am i why am i over why is my marriage being overseen by two i'm 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 saying something that means something on a spiritual level and i have two uh, well yeah it was two people on the day that I have two unbelievers sitting in front of me. And that's just that, the registrar. Your witnesses will be there. Your witnesses. Yeah, the witnesses but that. that's what I'm saying. Like my my mum and my dad, um, or you know, my wife's mum and my dad, they're not our spiritual oversight. So even though they're our parents and it means a lot, it's important that they were there. But at the same time, um, it means more from from for me anyway, from a spiritual oversight, that those are that that would be the person that would oversee um the the vows or our commitment and then pray over us and i think that's that i think that's very important in the in the church structure from a church perspective and i you know i have to for my based on my you know view or biblical view of it it's very important from a church perspective that we respect the fact that um, those that over, as the Bible describes, those that watch over our souls, those that oversee over our souls, have some part to play, especially in a decision or in a com- making a commitment like this as it pertains to marriage. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that more. I definitely agree with. Yeah. Definitely, so, yeah, that's yeah. definitely important for real. Just moving the convo on a little bit, yeah. yeah. I've got a question: Why do you think like many Christians desire this wedding night sex? Well, I, I just think is I think it's the hype that's built around it, and I think also what, like when you you know for for those who are not sleeping together, when you you know your sexual desire towards the other person is just you know it's continually high, and you love them, you care about them, you're so attracted to them, and you're like, okay, I can't wait for the wedding day. You automatically place a value on the wedding day because in your mind, that's the day, whether I'm tired, whether whether I'm tired or not, on that day, it's going to happen for real, for real. Um, if you slept together before, you've already had the taste. But if you haven't, it's kind of like that built up. Okay, anyway, I'm, I don't want to get into different scenarios, but you've built up yourself, you've built up your passions or your expectation for that moment there. Um, and I think that, yeah, it's just the hype based around that. Uh, there's a hype. I think it's justified or no? I think it's justified. Sorry, I didn't hear the question. Is it justified? Um, yeah, is it justified? All right, why do you think it's justified? Because I think I bang on about this all the time on this podcast. Every time we talk about sex and kind of feelings, I think it's completely natural and normal for two people who are attracted to one another and in a relationship to have sexual desires for one another. When those sexual desires are suppressed, as they would have been 
if you've been in a relationship and you're not you're not having sex, then it's only natural, as far as I'm concerned, to want to rip each other's clothes off on the first opportunity that is legal and acceptable. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Look, me, I'm an advocate of sex on a murder night because... Me, I had sex on a Monday night. I well. think I'm an advocate of the intention. Whether or not it actually happens is another, is a completely different story. That was that was my next. That was that's where I was going next because I'll put it out there now. Like I said, I had sex on a Monday night. However, I don't necessarily believe it should be a rule that one has to have sex on a Monday night because what if the spouse is tired? Like wedding days are quite. Uh, it's a long day. Do you know what I mean exactly? It's a long day running around up and down, and there are some people that don't even have sex on their wedding night. But I think with the hype that's there, it almost creates this notion or this narrative that it must happen on a wedding night. It's almost like your spouse doesn't even have a choice. Yeah, I don't think there needs to be like a pressure around it. I was just talking about from what, like, I, I would think it's a natural reaction to want to have sex. But if it gets to it and it, you physically can't do it, you can't come and kill yourself. What are you, gonna, what are you supposed to do? And also, yeah. like we've said on this on the podcast several times, sex in marriage gets better as you go along. So even if you have, with all intents and purposes, you wanted to have sex on a wedding night, there are a lot of practical things that you might not necessarily get right. That's just fact. Yeah, true. It might not even be physically possible. It's true. Individuals could be setting themselves up for an amazing wedding night experience. Yeah, you ain't going to be like, especially if it's your first time. Let me tell you that for free. Yeah, exactly. It might just be meaty. And then all expectations (laughs) are not More than likely. I would almost guarantee it, but yeah. I don't want to be negative because that's not everybody's story. You have to read the road sometimes. Honestly, yeah. if you haven't done this before and it's your first time, then that whether or not it might be painful, yeah, it might hurt you. Precisely, facts. Yeah, it's a, it's, a whole, it's a whole range of things. I do want to say that uh, I think that there's a second option um, rather than saying it's just a hype. I think, I think it's kind of what um, Ora described in that it's a uh, it's a natural response. So I think there's two main like reasons as to why you know the wedding night is such a big thing. One, it's a natural response. So like I said, you've been bubbling up and then on the day of your wedding it's like, you know, the the bottle bo- <laughs> the bottle of fizzy drink has been open and everything that's inside has just come pouring out. And then on the other on the other hand, there's a hype. So like your boys will be like, ah, oh, uh, <laughs> Omar, when you get there, ah, uh, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, like Give people your parents, are on, yeah, your parents, you know, ah, uh, you know, when you get in there, you can go, so I think it's two things. I think one is a natural response and then two, it might be because of the hype. Because I know that there are some couples who it wasn't about the hype for them. It was more like, nah, we've waited for this. And yeah, we're going to, you know. Do you know, that brings, that brings me on to my question, yeah. I think I definitely agree that the feelings are justified, whether you've had sex before or you haven't had sex before. Mm. I think the feelings are definitely justified because once you do get married, you can obviously have sex with with no guilt, with no shame. Do you know what I mean? You've got your license, you're sin-free, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> whether you're a virgin or not, the feeling is still like, raw. we can actually do this thing if you're all right. Mm-hmm. What's your beliefs on this whole um, sex consecrating the marriage? Um, yeah, absolutely. I believe that sex is definitely it consummates the marriage. Oh, consecrating the wedding, sorry, consecrating the wedding. The wedding. How do you mean? I don't think I understand. I think obviously people 
people what you say Ari? I think the first question made more sense but carry on <laughs> It's one of the two, but I'm, I'm I think it's married. No, the marriage, the marriage, the marriage. Yeah, it's not but the wedding, it's the marriage. It, it, it can't be the reason why I changed it to wedding because it can't be consecrating the marriage because you're not just married for that one that one night. Yeah, no, but, but in biblical times, as I'm pretty sure all they had to do was have sex and that was the consecration. That was the marriage done. Because that's why in the old testament you always hear like, oh, they, they went inside the tent and then they knew each other and then they were married. And that knew each other means they had sex. Yeah, they had sex, cool. no, but, but if you don't have sex in court. No, but that was the context to that was in Jewish culture. They actually had, like what we were describing before, they would have a ceremony. There would be a ceremony. They would read their rites. They would read the Torah. They would say some other things. And then to end that all, they would have sex. So it was not just, oh, everybody gather, go into the tent and have sex. That's the end of it. No, they, they would actually have a ceremony. They would read the Torah, read their rites, uh, state their commitments, and do a few other things like I think not communion, sorry, but I think they would, you know, give each other something, something kind of similar to like communion, and then they would go and consummate that marriage uh, by having sex on that day. So oh, that what, was what if what if you, you're too what if one of the individuals is too tired to have sex on that night? Yeah. If the marriage not con, um, are we not consummating the marriage that day? Yeah. So in the Jewish context. Yeah, the marriage would not have been consummated until they had sex. So whether the lady, and I think it would more so be on the lady than it, it would be on the guy, and that's because of, you know, uh, patriarchy and that kind of stuff. So the, the woman wouldn't really have an option. Um, and maybe maybe sometimes... I think actually it's a bit know. more than patriarchy. I think it's actually to do with the female anatomy and, like, if a woman is a virgin and stuff like that and how that works and blood being exchanged and things like that but i could be wrong yeah no i meant patriarchy in a sense of it did whether even if the woman is not is tired that if if the woman was tired it didn't matter like they would have to have sex oh yeah to consummate the marriage yeah so and obviously the the technical bits was you know that they would do it under a white sheet and um uh you have to see they, the blood. Yeah, they have that. to see the blood on the sheet. Then they bring out the blood on the sheet and everyone would see it. The children, the elders, the young people, everybody would see it. And that would literally be the the symbolism of the thing. Obviously, we know for health reasons, we know not every woman bleeds. We know there's some com different complications and X, Y, and Z. But generally, that was the process to doing it. For new covenant believers, it was kind of similar it's just not necessarily all of the Jewish rites, but there was a ceremony, and that's what I was trying to describe before. I don't, I don't even think New Covenant believers are even having this in mind. I don't even think they're going that deep into the Jewish context when they're discussing about consummating a marriage. I yeah. think they probably just want to release their urges, which is why they think, yeah, we're consummating a marriage by having sex on our wedding night. I think in Christ, I don't necessarily feel like uh, the sex point, the sex point is the be all or end all but it is a very important bit because of the spiritual connotations. So it's, it's signifying, it's your, it's not just the declaration, but it's now, you know, when the Bible describes that the two become one, it's a symbolism of that spiritual reality mm. that we've now come together and the two are one. So even if you do it a week later, I don't think it necessarily makes a huge difference, but it symbolizes that the two of us are coming together and we're we're doing it by by utilizing, should I say, this gift that comes from God, that being sex. Um, so it it just 
you know, it, it, it highlights this spiritual reality. It's, it's obviously you're not having sex in front of people, but it's basically behind closed doors. You guys are saying we are now becoming one by this practice. And the reason why the blood bit is key is because any covenant um, from a biblical perspective or a scriptural perspective, um, it, the book of Hebrews talks about this. E every covenant um, is, is sealed by blood, whether it's, you know, two families coming together and the leaders of the family would like cut their thumbs um, and then, you know, the blood, they will put their thumbs to thumb and then, yeah, that, that they would initiate that uh, witches, they would cut someone, take someone's blood or whatever. So from a covenantal perspective, like that, um, you know, when uh, a man first penetrates his wife or whatever and there's that blood piece there, it represents a covenant is being established and that's why. But like I said, um, I don't want people to think that I'm ignorant because, you know, women's bodies... Um, all react differently um, the, but the general principle is that you know the, the woman bleeding or whatever is meant to signify or the hymen being broken signifies the beginning of a um, of a covenant if your hymen I know some ladies have you know different things going on with their hymen so it's not as simple as what I've said but I think it's just you having sex is consummating the marriage that's basically it that's basically what it represents. So it's about this for new covenant believers. It's about the spiritual realities that it represents, and not just oh, you know, people waiting for us outside. And you have to take the blood. It's different now, though, anyway, because yeah. might, a woman might not necessarily be a virgin when she gets married. So yes, yeah. So yeah. So that's your point yeah. worth mentioning as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Well, the feelings are definitely justified. I, I, I definitely do understand it. Why there is this desire for wedding night. I, I do believe um, some Christians probably have a strong desire for marriage, which is not entirely wrong. Mm -hmm. um, have a strong desire for sex, which, which again is not entirely wrong as well. So I definitely do understand it. It's probably just one of them conversations that you see time and time again on Twitter. It's one of them comments that you kind of see time and time again, but it's, it's, it's interesting nevertheless. Mm -hmm. Any last thoughts on this, on this dilemma? I think it's pretty simple and straightforward one, to be honest. It is, it is, um, you know, um, <laughs> I, I personally know people that, um, didn't have like, a, a church, like their pastor's blessing or church service before they had sex. Um, <laughs> we've had, I wouldn't say it's heated discussions. We've just had some, you know, real discussions and, and, and they shared why they did it. Um, I don't think it's a matter of them going to help us say, I just think that from my stance and from historical practice in terms of the church, that there should be a standard um, as it pertains to what happens um, when it comes to marriage. The main important thing that I will end on is that I just, I, I believe from what we see from the early church practice, that it's important that you keep your, your spiritual accountability in the loop, especially as it pertains to marriage. Um, don't blindside them and don't tell them, you know, literally uh, a few weeks after you've decided to get married and then you rock up on your pastor and say, oh yeah, we decided to get married. I think that's, I think that's quite dishonorable, especially if you have a relationship with them and you call yourself spiritually accountable to them. Um, but at the same time, um, you do not, I don't believe that you have to be in a church building um, to receive your spiritual leader's blessing. Um, they can pray for you 
whether it's outside of the building, if they're permitted to, inside the building, if they're permitted to, or over the phone, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever, as long as there's there's an affirmation uh, from a spiritual leader's or spiritual oversight's perspective, then that is the spiritual part covered, and then you can go and do the legal part, whether you do the, uh, that before or after. It's just important that you have the spiritual basis covered um, and you you don't try and do it, you know, by yourselves in secrecy without no accountability for that. Yeah, for real. And you got a scripture, bro? I actually don't today because this one is more like, yeah, and I don't want to give the, you know, the popular one. Um, give the popular one, bro. There's nothing wrong with popular scriptures. <laughs> okay, let me... Any last, any final words, Miss Ori? No, I do, I do agree with what um, Iman said, to make it clear. When I said... Do what is not alive. I do not think. <laughs> <laughs> or it doesn't want anybody to. Yes, I'm not saying do it in secret. I do think that I do agree that spiritual leaders should always be um, informed and kept up to date. But other than that, once you've done that, if you want, if you just do legal, you just go and do registry. It's fine. Release your your be at, be at peace, man. <laughs> In other words, don't just do the traditional and that's it. Yeah, that one, as for that one there, categorically, do not think that that is, um, that's a legal or spiritual way. Yeah, no, definitely do the the legal and and do it in God's eyes for sure, man. The the roast can wait a a couple of days or a couple of months. We can wait. Hold fire, bro, just to ensure that we did it correctly. Put it close together if the roast is doing you that much. Eh? Do your trad and your legal and all that stuff close together if the roast is really doing you that much. For real, for real. All that three months time. Yeah, oh, no, that's what yeah. I did, man. For a three month wait, bro. Nah, it's mad. I'll just quickly say another thing. I remember for me, my trad and white wedding were a week apart. Same. But Omar, ah, <laughs> after the trad. After the like, trad, the roast gets ten times worse. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm just being real for everybody. It's, it's true. Worse. Terrible, it's and I remember true. the day after I messaged, I messaged my wife, and I was like, "Babe, I can't wait till next week. Let's 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 get on." She said, "Babe, it's not happening." I said, "Babe, let's make it work." I said, "Babe, let's make it work." I'm laughing because it's so relatable what you're saying. Listen, so I I said it, and she was like, "No, we're waiting till next week." So this is this is just to say that the roast is real. That we're not speaking from places that we haven't been in, but um, mm. yeah, just yeah, I understand um, you, man. We understand you, people. Y'all that are roasting, we get it. Trust <laughs> me, we get it. We've been there. Trust me, we understand you, man, for sure. You ain't in this alone, bro. But yeah, yeah Iman, scripture. Um, Ephesians five twenty. I'm um, five from verse twenty one. Being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, wives be subject to your husbands, as um, a service to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church himself. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives should be subject to their husbands in everything, respecting their position as protector and their responsibility to God. Husbands, love your wives, seek their highest good for seek the highest good for her and surround her with caring and unselfish love, just as Christ loved the church so that he may might sanctify the church having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word and so for me the principle here even though it doesn't necessarily talk about your pastor it just talks about there being a structure and an order as well as the instruction for husbands to love their wives and 
wives, you know, submit themselves to their husbands. It's just the structure. It talks about Christ being the head of the church. So in a relational perspective, in the context of marriage, there's always a structure and there's always an order. And so we know that um, pastors and leaders are not there to control you or tell you um, who you should marry or not, which I think will actually be a good episode because that happens quite a bit. But <laughs> um, the point is that the, um, when it comes to marriage, let there be an order honor God, honor yourselves, respect yourselves and honor God and let the, let the process be done with reverence um, for God and reverence for one another. Excellent. Thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate your time within this episode. If you've got any questions, any dilemmas, feel free to give us a shout uh, and we shall see you hopefully episode 50. Take care, guys. Yeah. Yeah.